Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hope Relentless Marriage Podcast, where we talk about all things marriage. We're honored to spend some time with you and well done on investing in your relationship. It matters. Our goal is to encourage and equip you in your incredible adventure of marriage, whether you're in a low place or a high place. This is for us, those courageous enough to believe we can actually change the world, one marriage at a time, starting with our own. Please connect with us on our website, hoperelentless.com. And remember, there's always, always hope. Hello, and welcome to the Hope Relentless Marriage Podcast. We are so happy that you're joining us and well done on taking the time to prioritize your marriage. That's what you're doing when you're listening to this podcast, reading a, a book on marriage, going to a seminar on marriage, whatever it is that you're doing. It's amazing because you are making a difference in your marriage, which means you're making a difference in your family, in the community, and the world. So incredible. We're happy to have you, and we're excited for you guys to hear what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I'm excited today because we are talking about communication. Communication, mm -hmm. problems, challenges, arguments, fights, whatever it is that couples want to call it, is one of the primary reasons that couples reach out to Hope Relentless. They want help with their communication. And really, what we're talking about is the ability to connect. Communication can be powerful. It can help us feel close to our spouse, or it can be a source of frustration. And so today we're going to talk about communication patterns. How do we find the patterns that are causing problems in our relationship? And what are the alternatives? How do we make uh, maybe small, but significant tweaks and adjustments? And that's what we're going to talk about today. I am excited for this. Yes, because this is a very personal one for us, because for some reason, we have nothing in common when it comes to how we communicate, really when it comes to life in general. I think initially it was Jesus that brought us together. We both love the Lord and so seemingly we were both athletic, but I don't necessarily like to play a lot of sports other than maybe soccer and basketball. And I don't like to watch them for sure. I like to play if I'm going to involve myself in sports. <laughs> yeah. And I grew up in the mountains and she grew up in the suburbs of Denver. So I think early on, we thought there'd be a lot of interest and overlap. And it's simply not true. The reality is I am a white male and you are a black female. And in pretty much every area, we are as similar or more likely as different as, as the aesthetics suggest. So communication has been a bumpy road for us at times, and, and sometimes it still is. Uh, but yeah. big picture, we've learned some things. We continue to grow in this area. And we know that when communication is operating right, it just it positions the marriage and the relationship so differently. Um, yeah. you know, I was working with a couple recently, and they shared something that really resonated with me. They both want to communicate and share but oftentimes when they do, the reality is the problem gets worse and not better. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of couples that feel that way. They want to maybe share a dream or maybe share a frustration. But when they do, the reality is the pattern of communication, the pattern of how they interact with each other ends up causing more pain than it does clarity and freedom. And so this is so common and it doesn't have to be that way. And so that's why I'm excited about today and what we're going to talk about. So we're going to use an example in our own marriage, a pattern. We're going to go through and highlight the 
the, the combative or the toxic pattern. And then we're going to look at what are the alternatives. And hopefully you can look at your own communication patterns. And this can be a guide to help create some clarity and some, some better options for you and for your, for your spouse. All right. So let's jump into it. I want to go through an example. This is a very real time example, just for you, for you guys listening. This is something in our marriage that we still have to recognize is happening because we still kind of can fall into it. But the thing is we have a plan now. So when it happens, we have a plan of action as to, Hey, this is what I'm responsible for. This is what you're responsible for. If we both kind of show up, then we can have that conversation go differently. So I'm going to lay out what typically happens. And so uh, Sarah Gale. So I'm just going to be SG. So SG shares her feelings, you know, because, whoa, my mic dropped. Sorry. She shares her feelings and then Chad will defend himself because I might say, you know, I feel like you're just not listening to me. And then he will defend himself and say something like, I am listening to you. Like, what are you talking about? How, how, how are you going to tell me? I'm not listening to you. I literally am looking at you. I'm listening to you. And then if he doesn't acknowledge what I'm saying, then I'm going to push. I'm going to push. I'm going to say, no, but I just feel like you're not listening now. And, you know, this happens a lot, actually, because when I've spoken to you of, of things of the past, like I felt like, you know, you weren't listening to me then. And so then I kind of go a bit global. And really my heart is to try and show him the look like this isn't isolated. Here's a different example. Here's a different example. And then that really just goes, takes him to a different level. And then he will start to attack what I'm saying. And so uh, even the different examples I give, he might go into it and say, that's not even what happened in that example. And then now we're arguing about something that we're not even talking about. And then as a result, I just shut down because I feel like all has been lost. Even talking about this pattern exhausts me. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it's both sad and funny almost. It's funny because we've done it so many times in the wrong way. Uh, and now as we like lay it out and we talk about it, it seems so silly. But in the moment, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a real, it's a real struggle. This idea of our communication, we start out with good intentions, but in the moment, we end up triggering each other. And so mm -hmm. let's go back through the pattern, but let's talk about some alternatives. So when Sarah Gale is sharing and she says, I feel her desire is to take ownership and intentions and personalize. When she says something like, I feel like you're not listening, I get triggered because I'm like, I am listening. How are you? Well, okay. If you feel that way, well, let me just give you accurate information. And my thought is it'll change her feelings. And I completely miss it. I completely miss at the end of the day, one of Sarah Gale's primary desires is to be heard uh, and to be, to be validated, to be, um, to have, to have space to be herself. For me, it's to be appreciated. So when she says, I feel you negative, like anything negative, and I'm like triggered and I go to defending because I want to defend mm -hmm. my honor. I want to correct, but I completely miss the fact that my wife wants to be heard. She wants to be valued. She wants to be recognized for her feelings. And so the negative pattern is I defend myself. The positive mm -hmm. pattern would be to ask questions. 
Why do you feel that way? And what's unique about the alternative options is at almost every step, we both have opportunities to disrupt the negative pattern and to create a better or an alternative pattern. So Sarah mm -hmm. Gale can transition some of what she introduces a topic is just to have that confidence to stand on our own. I, I desire one of the one, one powerful thing is to transition potential complaints into desires. So instead of I feel you, it's just standing on the, I, I want to be listened to. I want to be heard, right? That's an opportunity for her. But even if she doesn't, and she says, I feel you don't listen. Now it's my turn to have an opportunity to go, oh, my wife wants to be heard. She wants to be, to, to be valued. Let me be curious instead of defensive. Let me ask, why do you feel that way? Or can you share more about that? And so these are the different ways that as we increase awareness and we're committed to the relationship over our own self-preservation, there's all these little opportunities to, to make small tweaks that'll translate to significantly different outcomes. What are your, what are your thoughts on this so far, babe? Yeah, I like how you said express the desires. And we can also add, you know, how can you communicate in the affirmative? Because for example, I can say, I wish you would take me on more dates, you know, or like, I don't, we don't ever go on any dates, but really I, I just would like to go on more dates. And so it's, it's finding the affirmative way to say that where it's not an attack of what you're not doing, of what our spouses aren't doing, rather, what would we like to see happen? And the desires is expressing desires instead of complaints that came from resilient marriage. They have an amazing ministry where they are doing amazing things with some intensives and um, doing some great work with couples. And so I think it's a, it's an option. It's a definite option of saying I desire rather than why don't you, or even like what Chad pointed out, it's, it's small, it's a small tweak, but a lot of times we can take that responsibility and say, I feel like you, and we're thinking we're taking responsibility by saying, I feel, but I'm still coming back to you and that can trigger, trigger someone. And so, and as a, instead it's saying, I desire to go on more dates, you know, I desire to go on dates rather than I feel like you don't take me on dates. You're saying the same thing, but it sits differently. And so the, what we have to decide is, do we want to communicate so that our spouse knows that they messed up and knows that they're not serving us in this way that we desire? Or do we just want to communicate what we desire? And that really does change how we talk to our spouse. But one thing I want to point out, Chad, that I think we have to be aware of when we're looking at this pattern and you listening, I'm sure you can identify a pattern that you guys have in arguments. You know, it's the same thing. You go through the same thing. And there is one area when it comes to John Gottman, where he's talking about perpetual problems. And we've talked about that in the past. And so um, this podcast isn't for that. So you can look up John Gottman, perpetual problems, and, and there's some growth there that, that can occur. But there is an element in what we're talking about when we're looking at this pattern and seeing what we can do differently where we have to have that time of reflection to know why we are responding the way we're responding and what we personally can do to respond differently. So for example, when Chad defends, like, so in our pattern, it started off with me sharing my feelings. And number one, it's like, why do I share my feelings? 
And a lot of times it is rooted in our background, something in our past. It's like when I, when I was growing up, I didn't feel like I had a place to share feelings. And so as I got older, it's like, I want to be able to share my feelings. And then when Chad defends, I push because I feel like I'm being shut down. And it's almost as if I was, I'm back in my, my childhood where there was no voice for me to express feelings. And so then that makes me upset. And that's why I push, I push because it's like, I deserve for my feelings to be heard. And so it's me being aware of these past things that are making me show up in my current relationship in a way that I don't really need to show up. Am I, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I think this is where this is where we like to look at the past and the family of origin to create context. You know, when we understand, you know, there's a couple of things we can learn from our family of origin. What were the patterns that we witnessed? You know, oftentimes mm -hmm. you, you'll hear the phrase, you know, kids catch what they see, right? Not what they're told. So they're, so oftentimes that those are the patterns that we might repeat or the alternative is we swing the pendulum to a way like super far right could an example could be if parents were super controlling and a young person felt stifled then when they become older maybe they don't have a lot of boundaries they don't have a lot of rules they swing the other way but the context matters for you you didn't have a voice and you didn't have a safe space to share your feelings so now that you're a healthy adult those are important to you. You want your voice to be heard and you want to have the freedom to share your feelings. For me, mm -hmm. in my family of origin, emotions were often used to manipulate or to get what somebody wants. So when you bring mm -hmm. feelings and emotions, my first reaction is, oh, this is to manipulate the outcome. She's trying to like write a blank check because she feels something, she gets what she wants. And wow. no, we're going to rely on accuracy and data <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and facts, right? And so when we both go to those spaces, we can see without awareness, like <laughs> that's, that conversation is not going to go well. And this is what we see with couples. They're not even aware. Like we're not even aware because we can get so caught up in the moment. And then I go into my corner and you go into your corner. And now it's like mm -hmm. a verbal boxing match, right? We're sparring, we're trading, we're trading comments, we're trading rebuttals, we're trading defensiveness and attacks. And, and at the end of the day, maybe one of us wins and is standing in the corner like, oh, I'm the champion. Well, mm -hmm. at what cost, right? The cost yeah. is our relationship. The cost is... Yeah. Our spouse wanting to communicate. Our uh, the the cost is, you know, a couple of weeks later when it's like, ah, should I bring this up? This hasn't gone well. Things are maybe, maybe we're at a B minus in marital satisfaction. But if I bring it up, like we're going to be at a D or an F, right? Yeah. And so that's why these things, the, these patterns, become so important for us to become aware of, so that then we can get better at making a different choice. Making different choices can lead to different results. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. I was like, wow, when, when you were describing, you know, in your family, emotions were manipulative, feelings were manipulative. And so it just shows that it's important for us to track with our spouse, to be 
compassionate towards them. And I, I said I wasn't going to talk about Gottman's perpetual problems, but I think it's very relevant because the, the thing with perpetual problems, the, the patterns, the things that consistently come up is that they will consistently come up. And so how we talk about those things matter. Is our tone of voice still calm? Is our, is our uh, demeanor still kind? All of those things matter. And I think a big reason for that is, you know, there's a story to the conversation. There's a story behind the conversation, if you will. Like, like you've seen, hopefully, in this example where, you know, Chad's not able to receive my feelings because of how he grew up. I feel like I need to share my feelings because of how I grew up. Imagine if we're having this conflict, this tug of war, and we're treating each other kind. Eventually, we're going to be able to have a conversation about it and, and actually make progress in it, perhaps, because we've left the door open to have the conversation. Because when we're not kind to each other in the midst of that argument, in the midst of that conflict, then like Chad said, we don't want to have another conversation with that person or we sweep it under the rug and even worse, we just we just tell ourselves it's hopeless. And that's how marriages corrode over time. You become roommates and, and you're done. Whereas in reality, you know, Chad and I love each other. Like we might not have a lot in common initially, but what we have in common is what has built our life, has built our marriage. And we have that friendship, you know, that that best friend friendship, but then obviously also the eroticness of you know, not to, not to get awkward here, but we obviously are attracted to each other in the sexual form as well. Cause you want both, you know, you want both of those. But the point that I was making is we want to keep those conversation lines open and how we treat each other in the midst of those conversations matter. And also to remember that you, you love the person you are arguing with. And oftentimes there's more to the story than what we're just hearing, but we have to have the patience to kind of dig deep with ourselves, but then also with our spouse to kind of get to that more. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I want to almost encourage couples if they find themselves in unhealthy patterns of communication to kind of get away from the data and the circumstances and become more like investigators, right? Mm, There's a good. pattern there and it's not about the subject, right? Because you and I can repeat this pattern across infinite different things. It could mm -hmm. start on who goes to the grocery store, who cooks, who cleans, who picks up the kids, who. I right? feel like not going to the grocery store. Yeah, it, I don't. The, feel the it. topics can change, but often yeah. the patterns are very, very similar. And so yep. when we can kind of take a step back and recognize, huh, what are the patterns? Sarah Gale wants to be heard. She wants her voice to matter. I want to be appreciated. So it's so powerful because I, I want to create wins for my family and for my wife. So when Sarah mm -hmm. Gale phrases things in the affirmative, I'm literally like, ooh, I can do that, right? Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. going to go, like, I'm going to make that happen, right? And when I take a step back and I'm like, man, if, you know, if I want to have a good time later today, one of the ways my wife feels connected is by listening. So now it changes. Now I want to create space for her to share her feelings, for her to share her voice and feel like her voice matters. And now we create a different pattern that is instead of creating tension is actually building connection and intimacy and deposits and friendship and all of these different things that we, that many of us want 
in our relationship. And so this is mm -hmm. why doing this work is is foundational, but it can literally redefine a relationship. And the very things that used to take a relationship from a B minus to a D or an F can take a, a relationship from a B minus to an A, A plus. Same circumstances, but how we handle them builds connections versus destroying connections and intimacy. Yeah, that's so good. So what do we want you to do? What are, what are some action steps? I would say to identify the pattern. Think about it. Do you have a pattern that occurs in your conversations? And even if it's not a pattern per se, what is it that you both are constantly saying? If you've been married longer than maybe a couple of days, you know, there's some constant things that keep coming up where it's like, I just want to be heard. Or I want to be able to express myself or I, I want to be respected or I don't like the tone. Like there's things that are consistent that, that come up. And so once you identify that pattern or those consistent things when it comes to communication, then I want you to self-reflect, self-reflect as a couple. Think about why do you respond the way you're responding? Is there a connection to your past? And then also... I guess after that, when, once you know why you're responding, then it's finding out how you can respond to meet your spouse where they are. Because once you realize, okay, this is why they're defensive, for example, then it's asking, I wonder how can I communicate in a way that you can receive it? And you guys get to do this work. It's like a marriage mastermind is what I say oftentimes in the sessions that I have. You're, you're constantly thinking about, okay, what can I put in there that's going to work, that's going to serve the relationship? And then you try it. And sometimes it doesn't work. You try it and you say, oh, you know, I, I, I think if you just talk to me more directly, I would understand what you're saying. And then you get spoken to directly and you're like, no, 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 I don't yeah, want I you like to talk that. to me directly. And I, yeah, and that's okay. And so let's go back to the drawing board. Let's not just give up and say, see, nothing's going to work. Something will work. We just have to keep trying. And so as you figure out, okay, how does your spouse receive what you're trying to say, then, then you want to start to do those things. And it's going to take some renewing of your mind because it's not going to be your natural instinct. And that's okay. So I write it down perhaps and start to really get that in your heart as far as how they want to be spoken to, because that's how they can receive it. And so once you guys have these different alternatives in place, uh, like Chad said at the very beginning, there's probably three exchanges at least, you know, in this pattern that you have that already existed, where one of you has the opportunity to save the day, to do something different. Because even if both of you start the conversation in your old ways, it still gets to that, that third, that third level, you know, someone starts, someone, someone responds. And then that third level there, where then you have another chance to respond differently. And so that's what we want to pay attention to is taking ownership for how can I respond in a way that my spouse can receive it. And then if it doesn't go as planned, it's still recognizing you can save the day at, at any point in the conversation, just do something different and bam, we're in a new pattern of communication. That's not as destructive. Yeah. And I think you mentioned resilient marriage earlier. You know, there are mentors, Phil and Vicky, and, you know, they've taught us the power of a do-over. You know, it's like something that we've tried to embrace. And that is maybe you just both drop the ball and screw up at every level. And it just, it, it ends bad. Like that's that where it's like, embrace the do-over. Like somebody needs to take ownership. And I challenge the men to lead leaders lead, like lead in this area. 
I bet for a lot of men, if they come to their wife with humility and ownership and just say, hey, I messed up, I'd like a do over there. I said something and reflecting, I don't mean it. Now, I think our words matter and we can't become casual with our words, but look, we're not perfect. As people, mm-hmm. we've all communicated something that later we go, man, I, I either actually don't agree with that or I really wish I hadn't said it. Well, start taking action to repair. Take ownership, ask for a do-over, and then give it another shot. You know, I think what we've seen is, isn't that couples implement this right away to perfection? It's just simply the couples that are committed to, like they believe, hey, we know that there's a better way to communicate and we're committed to discovering it together. You know, and they kind of stumble, fumble, but they're moving forward and, yeah. you know, they find something that works for them and, and then they continue to learn and grow. And that's what we want to see. We want to see couples get out of the negative toxic patterns and begin exploring and practicing and discovering for them healthier patterns that just continue to, um, you know, build, build that connection that we're, that we're looking for. You know, you had me at do over. Because it's just that ownership, you know, where it's like, hey, can we have a do over? We and then it's yeah, it's it's amazing because we are human. We're we're imperfect. And so I think that that would go a long, long way in many households. Well, I want to end in appreciation. And this is something I do in my sessions. And I want to do it in this, and hopefully we can remember to do it moving forward because I think it's important to appreciate your spouse consistently every day, throughout the day, and also in public. Appreciate. Let's create an atmosphere of appreciation. So, Chad, I appreciate how you have just taken such ownership and um, put such such time in growing in your emotional capacity. And you're reading books on it, and we have word charts around our house that have emotions and <laughs> like just so we can know. Okay, you might feel sad today, and it has real charts, and so. Uh, I see it. I know our boys see it. So I really appreciate how you're growing in that area. Thank you, babe. There's soul words, soul words. I needed literally printouts so I could identify. I was a thinker and I'm starting to learn more how I feel. And so those help. I think, thank you, babe. I appreciate that recognition. You know, with today being our son's 13th birthday, Mm -hmm. it reminds me that you do an incredible job helping us as a family celebrate. If it was up to me, I'd give Micah a hug. I'd tell him I love him and I'm proud of him and I'd send him on his way. But no, you celebrate with the details so we feel seen and cared for and loved. So Micah gets up, he's got a homemade breakfast of his favorite things. He's got a happy birthday balloons. The And so I just appreciate the details that you execute and demonstrating your care and your love uh, that really allow us as a family to have an environment of celebration and joy. So thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, You're welcome. Well, that's the end. It's the end of the show, calling it. And just hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and hopefully you can apply it to your own marriage. And regardless of where you are, what season of life you're in, in your marriage, a high place, a low place, I just want you to know that there is help and there is hope. And I want you to just remember that even if you feel like there's no, no up from where you are, I want you to remember, believe on, hold on to the fact that there is always, always hope.